Good morning, everyone. Merry Christmas Eve. Oh, see, that's a hard one to say, isn't it? You just can't say good morning. Oh, we're so excited. I want to welcome everybody that's here, obviously, in person. We got family, we got relatives, we got um, visitors and everything in between, and those that are online as well. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Um, I can't believe that you guys would spend Christmas Eve with us. And uh, Tamla and I really uh, want to welcome you here, and it's just a pleasure to have you, and uh, just a blessing uh, to us and our church family. Um, Christmas is almost here. It's almost here. Um, anticipation is one of the things that I get so wound up for Christmas. I'm way beyond those years that I should be doing this thing. But I do. I get like, it's so excited. I, I don't want to talk about the day after Christmas because that's just like a dive for me. But the, the right up to the point is so exciting to me. Um, you know, at midnight tonight, it's going to be, you know, that great anticipated day will be here. And uh, I remember as a, a, a young child how excited I was. I remember going to bed um, early, thinking that if I could get a head start on the sleep, it'd just make morning come all that faster. Uh, I don't know if you were that way or not. Um, you know, then I advanced into my adult years and watching my kids grow up and the excitement and the anticipation all around that. It was just so fun to watch. And now I have grandkids and it gets just as fun. And this whole idea of anticipation um, is 25 days for me. It Like when it hits December 1st for me, I start getting excited. I don't know what it is. Um, my mom's birthday was December 1st, so we always got to like celebrate that. And then it was game on after that. Uh, 25 days all the way there. Um, I grew up in the days of the uh, Sears and Roebuck catalog, the wish book. Oh man, my brother and I, we used to sit together and we would circle those things that we wish for. And I don't know how this happened. Maybe it happened in your house as well. But somehow those magic circles got to Santa Claus. And then Christmas Eve or Christmas morning, we'd get up and they were there. Those magic circles ended up under the tree. What a great memory those things are. Um, I can um, remember those days just like they were yesterday, and I don't know, something about the anticipation of Christmas, and maybe that tr triggers things for you as well. Uh, although my parents were of simple means, um, we always had enough at Christmas. It always was exciting. The gifts would be there. And I can remember so many mornings that it was far more exciting than I even anticipated. Maybe that was uh, your Christmas morning as well. Well, here at The Journey, we've been for the month of December, we've been anticipating this day. Uh, we've been cruising through the Bible, just kind of looking at events leading up to this very day in the Bible and what it says about it. The anticipated Messiah King today is the day that we celebrate his birth. He was the anointed one, remember? The anointed one. He is the Christ. 
He is the Savior all in one. And today is the day that we celebrate that. Um, even though many have uh, anticipated this day, uh, back in biblical times or when the Bible was written in before, um, when he finally came, there was mixed feelings. Uh, some was so excited, they, they saw and recognized who he was, but many did not. So that great day of anticipation, I find that it is very similar today. There are some people that are super excited about this day. It's exciting, and they've been waiting for it for such a long time. But then there's some of us that just kind of not so excited. So what I'm hoping today is so that maybe you could see that the anticipation that um, Israel had for Jesus coming is even better than they even expected. So let's pray together if we can, and we're going to open the Word of God, and we're going to ask Him to speak to us today, okay? Let's pray. Lord, thank you for this time to share and to read from your Word, and um, Lord, we're looking with anticipation that you would say something today to each and every one of us that are sitting here. Help us uh, make this event more than a Bible story. It is an actual account of what happened that day. And Lord, let it penetrate our hearts, I pray. Uh, help us understand what it really means and what it means to us as a people. Lord, you're so kind to us. We love you. In Jesus' name, amen. So if you're going to follow along today at all, we're going to be in Luke 2 for most of it. So if you want to do that. Also, if you need a Bible um, today and you don't have one, we always like to make Bibles available here at The Journey. So uh, on your way out, there is one at the info desk. Just ask the ladies there or gentlemen or whoever's at the counter today. Say, hey, I'd like one of your free Bibles and just take it. No, no questions asked. Just take it home and, and read it from beginning to end. Just, it's, it's your gift. Uh, to, it's a gift to you from us. Um, Luke 2, let's go there. Starting in verse 1, it says this. And it came to pass in those days that a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be registered. This census um, first took place while Quirinius was governor, governing Syria. So all went to be registered, everyone to his own city. Joseph also went up from Galilee out of the city of Nazareth into Judea to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and the lineage of David, to be registered with Mary, his betrothed wife, who was with child. All the way up to this point this month, we've been talking about the miracle of Mary being pregnant by the Holy Spirit and Joseph's uh, courage and Mary's courage uh, carrying on with God's plan. And here it is. So it was that while they were there, the days were completed for her to be delivered. It, nine months are over. And she brought forth her firstborn son, wrapped him in swaddling clothes, and laid him in a manger, because there was no room for them in the inn. So just like, uh, isn't it just like God to actually come through with his promise? <laughs> he had promised the long-anticipated king, and he was finally here. This is the day. We find God making one of those promises to Samuel in the Old Testament. 1 Samuel 16 says this, Now the Lord said to Samuel, How long will you mourn for Saul, 
Saul was being dethroned at the time uh, uh, as Israel's king. And what we find here is Samuel mourning for him. And the whole, all of Israel wanted a king. He says, See, and I have rejected him from reigning over Israel. Fill your horn with oil and go. That's a sign, by the way, of anointing. We've been talking about Jesus being the anointed Messiah. He says, I am sending you to Jesse the Bethlehemite, for I have provided myself a king among his sons. And so what God is doing here, he is promising through the bloodline of David, King David, who would become a mighty king, he wouldn't be the everlasting king, the king that would have a kingdom of no end. That was going to be someone in his bloodline, someone down the line. Chances are this newborn is not what everyone was anticipating. Uh, the Messiah King is a babe? Really? This is all we've been waiting for? And God, you bring us a, a babe wrapped in strips of cloth? Lying in a feeding trough? Really, Lord? This, we anticipated much more than that. How could this be the mighty king of Israel? Let's read on in Luke 2, starting verse 8. It says, Now there were in the same country shepherds living out in the fields, keeping watch over their flock by night. And behold, an angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them. And they were greatly afraid. Isn't it funny? Every time the angel shows up, people get afraid. But every single time, the angel says, do not be afraid. Listen. It says, then the angel said to them, do not be afraid. For behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which will be to all people. For there is born to you this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. And this will be the sign to you. You will find a babe wrapped in swaddling cloths, lying in a manger. Even though the, the shepherds were afraid, the angel brings good news. That word good tidings, good, we know what that is. Tidings is really just the word news. So there, the angel is bringing good news. Um, it is good for us to know that who the angels keep bringing this message to. Uh, like you said, we've studied um, that the angel first met Zacharias right in the temple, and he brought some good news to him, then to Mary, and then to Joseph. It's interesting, now it comes to some shepherds out in their fields. This is not in reference to their lack of wealth, these lowly shepherds, by the way. Uh, this is their, really their, it's a heart issue. It's their lack of pride. They were lowly, humble people. All these people that the angel came to. It's funny, God's message of good news is always best received by those who know that they need it. Isn't it funny how God works? He comes right at our moment when we know that we need him. The good news is better than anticipated. The good news, uh, the angel says, will be of great joy. And uh, when you kind of look up the meaning of great joy or the phrase great joy, it means surprisingly strange. 
So the Jesus being born is not what they anticipated. It's actually great joy, news of great joy, and it's surprisingly strange news, different than what they thought. And this good news will be for everyone. Please listen to that today. No matter who you are, this news is for you. Not just to the shepherds. You notice he announces these things to these people, but he ends with the idea when he announces it to the shepherds that this is great joy and good news for all people. Doesn't matter who you are, where you were raised, what state, country, part of the world, whatever, this news is for you and for me. So what is exactly this good news that the angel announces? First of all, he says there is born a virgin. Of a virgin. This day in the city of David, remember the promise that God made, we just kind of read that it was going to come down through the bloodline, but also through David's city he would be born. And this, this baby that would be born of a virgin is a savior. Someone who will save, who is Christ. Remember that word, what that means. Christ means the anointed one. So what we have in there, we have a, a, a baby born of a virgin who is a savior who will save the people and who is Christ. This is the Messiah King. And lastly, he is Lord. Emmanuel, we just sang about it. God with us. I don't know about you, but that is the one that blows my mind. That the God of the universe, the one who created the heavens and the earth, would come through a baby lying in a feeding trough, wrapped in swaddling clothes, and he would be the savior of the world. So why is this good news? Because all mankind is in need of a savior. That's why this is good news. Um, an Old Testament psalm helps us understand this. Um, let's read this together. Psalm 14, just uh, the first three verses. It says this, The fool has said in his heart, there is no God. They are corrupt. They have done abominable works. There is none who does good. I underline, is none in my Bible. The Lord looks down from the heaven upon the children of men to see if there are any who understand, any who seek God. They have all turned aside. They have together become corrupt. There is none who does good. No, not one. Fantastic news on Christmas Eve, isn't it? But it's the truth. It's the truth. This is bad news. The psalmist paints a dismal picture of all mankind. Not just people that don't go to church. Not just people that don't read their Bible. All mankind is in this boat together. We're all in this together. The natural response of our heart, the psalmist says, there is no God. That's the natural thing we do. We just, we can't believe it, we can't comprehend it, and we just say, you know what, there is no God. There can't be. There's no way. Then the next step after believing there is no God is just to turn aside and go our own way, do our own thing. This is how we are as a people. We just do this. 
Then the result of our going away, the psalmist says, there is none who does good. No, not one. So it's in this dismal condition that today the good news is good news. It's funny how we have to hear the bad news first, right? Before we can understand and really understand well the good news. The good news is announced. The angel says that a Savior has been born. And the good news is for all the people. And we can only conclude when the angel says that it's for all the people that we're all in need of this good news. So uh, I, I hope you rejoice with me this morning. I hope you consider this great news that God has brought a Savior into the world to save us. This is good news for you and for me. So what exactly is Jesus saving us from? Uh, do you remember what the angel told Joseph in Matthew 1:21? He says this, And she will bring forth a son, and you shall call his name Jesus. Remember, Jesus means Savior. For he will save his people from their sins. People need to be saved from the result of going their own way. You and I need this. Anytime we act counter to the will of God um, and sin will bring its consequences because of when we walk counter to what God has. Remember, God doesn't put all these rules out there just to keep us in line. God does it for our own betterment, for our own good. And when we listen to God, when we say there is a God and we follow him, he will take care of us for our own good. But when we go astray, there are consequences for this. Romans 6.23 says, For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. The death spoken of here is eternal separation from God. So we might not think that it's a big deal now that we're kind of running our own way and doing our own things right now. But one day we will physically die unless the Lord comes and gets us first. But one day we will physically die and then eternity will begin for us. And we'll either be in eternity with God or without him. Death is the compensation due to our sin. But amongst the bad news, there's some really good news. And I hope you believe that today. The gift of God is eternal life, that scripture just said. Eternal life. You know, it's kind of hard for us to get our heads around eternal life when this is all we know. You know, we just know getting up every morning, making our coffee, punching in at work, and coming out and, and mowing the lawn. That's kind of our life, right? But one day we will live in eternity. And the Bible says that we're going to live one place or the other. We will be with the Lord or without him. The gift is freely given, and it is through the life of Jesus Christ. And that is why, that is why this is good news. A Savior is born. The shepherds must have wondered, how can a babe in swaddling clothes save people from their sins? How can he do that? How can this little baby do this? Well, this babe became the Savior of the world through his death and his burial and his resurrection. Born unto Mary as a human, 100% human, to die 
as a substitute for you and for me. So as much as I rejoice in the fact that Jesus was born, this is exciting, this is what we've been anticipating. At the same time, I mourn inside a little bit that a little baby had to grow up to be the substitute for my sin. But then it, it catches up with me again, and I'm so glad that he did. I am so glad that that baby was born. And that baby was um, obedient unto God and went to the cross for me and for you. He also was conceived by the Holy Spirit and born as the Son of God. That's the only way that he could have been the perfect sacrifice. If he was born just of mankind, we all know that we are born with a sin nature and we're right out of the gate, right out of our mother's womb. We're sinful. But see, when he was born of the Holy Spirit, now he could be that, grow up to be that perfect sacrifice for you and for me. His blood was shed for the forgiveness of sin. We are reminded of that in 2 Corinthians 5.21. It says this, For he made him, the he, the first he is God, made him, second one, son of God, who knew no sin to be sin for us. That us is you and me. That we might become the righteousness of God in him. I don't know about you guys, but this is good news. And this is good news for all of us. Jesus died that we might live. What a crazy exchange of lives. God himself dying for you and for me. So how good is this good news? Let's continue in Luke 2. Verse 13 says, And suddenly there was with an angel a multitude of heavenly hosts praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. Um, a heavenly host uh, in the Bible is usually like considered like an army. So one host would have been an army of angels. But the Bible says here in Luke, said there was a multitude of hosts. More than we could even put our head around and grasp or count or do anything like that. That's how good this news was. When Jesus came... And he was born a savior. All of heaven rejoiced at what God was doing. There was glory to God and there was um, peace on earth. Goodwill towards men. Remember the peace about here, uh, sang about here by the angels and the heavenly hosts is not about peace like war and peace from an earthly standpoint. This is peace with God. Because for the very first time when Jesus was born, the angels understood that this was a way that mankind could have peace with God. Would no more be his enemy, would, would no more be at odds that through the birth, the death, and the burial, and the resurrection of Jesus Christ, man could, have, could be reconciled back to God. Remember, our sin separates us from God. And we need something to be reconciled back. And Jesus' life was that. Um, without this, mankind would not have a way. Let that sink in for a moment. We would be on our own. We would be still running astray. We would be going on our own accord. And then the consequences of that, the Bible said, 
the wages of sin is death. So through faith in Jesus Christ, we can live. Um, I like what it says about the goodwill. I don't know about you, but I think about goodwill. It's actually where I got this jacket. <laughs> I think about goodwill that way. You know, it's funny. Um, goodwill, uh, when God talks about this, it means that it was his will to do this. It was his goodwill. It pleased God to send his son to be born the savior of the world and to be sacrificed for you and for me. God, goodwill brought Jesus here. That's how good this news is today. And I know there was a little bit of bad news in there, but sometimes we have to really understand the bad news, don't we? To understand how great that good news is. So we're going to keep it short here tonight. I'm going to ask the band uh, to come up. But while they're coming up, I want, to, I want to show you something here that was really fun going through this week. What was the shepherd's response to this good news? Let's read in uh, Luke 2.15. It says, So it was when the angels had gone away into heaven. So now the angels have dispersed. It's only the shepherds standing there. The shepherds said one to another, Let us now go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has come to pass which the Lord has made known to us. The shepherds responded by saying, let us now go and see. They went to Jesus in response to what God had made known to them. The anticipated Savior of the world had come to earth. God himself had come to save the people from their sins. This, this certainly is good news for you and for me. It should bring us great joy this morning. So what should our response to all this news be? Much like the lowly shepherds, we must see our need for the Savior. I hope you see your need for the Savior. And I mean that in a loving, great, awesome way. God has sent his son, the savior of the world, to save us from our sin. I hope you see as a sinner how much you need him and I need him. But like the shepherds, we must go to him. We must ask to be forgiven and then be willing to turn away from our sin and to God. That's the story of the Bible. We're going to conclude our service today with a familiar song. And I pray that during this time as you sing, You'll think about what the Bible says about the birth of Jesus and what that good and that bad news means to you and to me. He came to save the people from their sins, and just like the shepherds, we must go to him. If you never went to him and asked him to forgive you, and you can feel that today. Um, and I say that with all humilities because there was a day that I was sitting in a church that I felt God calling me. And it was the day. If, that, if today is your day, uh, we want to help you with that here at The Journey. You can go to him. And then my question is, you, why, why wouldn't you go to him in light of this good news? 
That's what the shepherds did. They heard the good news. In light of the good news, they went to see Jesus. There's no special religious way to go to him. I want you to know that. Um, you just need to go to him. Talk to him. We call it prayer. Uh, really, prayer is just really just talking to the Lord, just talking to God. And uh, remember, this good news is for all people. So you can do that while the band's playing. You can uh, come and see me after the gathering's over or anything like that. But I want to remind you of one last verse here. It says in Romans 10, 13, it says, For whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. So just like Jesus came to save all people, the offering is to us that if we're willing to call on the name of the Lord, whosoever calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. He did all the work. All we have to do is call on his name. So let's spend some time worshiping uh, through song, and I'll come back up at the end, and we'll conclude our time together today.
establishing and upholding it with justice and righteousness from this time and forever. I just want to share one last verse with you. Luke 2, 17 says this. Now, when they had seen him, meaning the shepherds, when they actually got there and saw him, they made widely known the saying which was told them concerning this child. I know there are many of you in the building today that have come. You have seen Jesus, and he's made a tremendous difference on your life now and will for all of eternity. If this is some place that you're just trying to navigate through and trying to figure out, I want to make it widely known to you even after uh, our time together. You can s come and see me or you can see anybody with a lanyard on and we'll just uh, answer any questions you may have. Uh, we want to make sure here at The Journey that you really do know Jesus and follow Jesus and can grow in him. We really do. That's the, our heart here. So if we can be with any help uh, to you today, we want to be that. Uh, again, thank you for um, visiting. If you're a visitor here today, thank you for joining us, every, each and every one of you. I pray that this Christmas is a Christmas where the Savior is in your heart. We'll do a lot of crazy things in the next couple days, but I pray that the Savior has made a difference in your life today and in the life of your eternity. So let's pray together and we'll dismiss. Lord, thank you uh, for your word, what it really means to us. We can look in it and find out your desires of your heart and your desires for each and every person here. We are so glad, Lord, that you didn't wait for us to get all cleaned up and shiny brand new and like we should be before you came. But you did. You came. And what a miracle that is. Uh, we anticipate it each and every day of our lives now, Lord, that the Savior can live inside of us and be part of our um, being more like him. Lord, I pray that for each and every person that's in this building. I pray that uh, you bless them as they leave. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless everyone. Have a Merry Christmas.